Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. And we will be starting this episode off with a big, fat disclaimer. That's right, a disclaimer. Because if you listen to our last episode, the Shonen episode, we had a good amount of stuff to say. We forgot a good amount of stuff, so maybe we'll visit back. Maybe we'll go back to it. But in this episode, Saeed, how much do we know about Shoujo? Next to nothing. Not enough. Next to nothing. Demetrius, he's a he's a very expert. very he's surface two. <laughs> I've seen Demetrius has seen one and a little bit of another shoujo series. I didn't know it. So, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, yeah, one of them is really good, and the other one is uh, comedic, at least. Maybe next time we can we can revisit this once we get more knowledge about this, and maybe invite a female guest that may know a little bit more. Ooh, Who knows? Who knows? Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps when social distancing and quarantines is done. Yep. But just remember, disclaimer, we're not shoujo experts here. In fact, if you are a shoujo expert, put your favorite ones down in the comment section below uh, or post on Instagram at Bebop. Yep. Check us out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Thanks. That's all the time ones. we have today. Uh, that's <laughs> our... <laughs> in, in closing, big eyes and romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for attending my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> all jokes, all jokes, people. We know there's more yeah, intricacies all, to this. All, all jokes. Thank you for listening. Going back to our regular intro, my name is Wes, and I'm joined by some real cool kids, my boy Saeed. Women deserve equal rights and pay. <laughs> and and my boy Demetrius. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not a lollycon. Yeah, I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. Another great but, um, show. So yeah, uh, if you're just finding us right now in these crazy quarantine times, who knows? Maybe it's over. We're recording this a little ahead of time. Doubt it. Um, <laughs> but as we're recording this crazy quarantine times, we want to get some knowledge out there. Get a little, get a little my anime academia, if you will, out to the world. Learn some stuff. We learned some stuff about some shojo going on. Oh yeah. Um, so strap in. If you want to finish this episode, do that and then head back to our Shonen episode that mm-hmm. we put out, like I just mentioned a little earlier ago. Check it out. Had a real good time. Definitely going to try to revisit that. But you know what? I've been stalling for a little bit because, like I said, disclaimer, <laughs> we don't have a lot. We're going to jump right into this with what is Shoujo. So if you watched our Shonen episode or listened to our Shonen episode, if you didn't, slight spoiler... Shoujo, like shonen, is not necessarily a genre. It's more of a demographic, and I found it to be a little more nebulous than shonen. Uh, Big I word. found eight to fourteen uh, for the the kind of age, the target age, eight to fourteen for some of them. But I've seen maybe upwards to I'd imagine eighteen, like shonen. Right? I'd, I'd say that's a fair assessment. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And and like shonen, it is defined by the publication that it's in, and we'll get into some of the publications later because I think. The, the history of shoujo is pretty pretty interesting compared to shonen um just like shonen the the name is just another way of saying girl young young woman if you will so shoujo is literally comics for young women common traits that you're going to see we talked about shonen traits but some shoujo traits you're going to see romantic relations uh focus on emotion some female empowerment uh, lots of magic and fantasy type of settings. But a common mistake is that 
a lot of people think just because a series has a female protagonist that it is by default a shoujo. So one of my favorite series I've talked about before, Azumanga Daio, is all about high school uh, girls and just their daily life. That's a shonen series. It's not shoujo. Saeed, you brought up uh, you brought up a couple too, right? Uh, I'm blanking, bro. Uh, well, we're blanking. I can say we're talking uh, like um, I can say Claymore. Demetrius got Claymore. So Claymore is yep. definitely oh, right, not right. Promise Neverland. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Emma, Emma from Promise Neverland. So just because there's a female lead, Madoka Magica. doesn't mean oh, that. So coming back. Yeah, Madoka yeah, yeah. Magica, Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's immediately a shoujo series, right? Again, that's it's not defined really by that. It's defined more by the publication and some of the traits that you're going to see. Like shonen, uh, shonen has seinen, which is aimed at older men. Uh, and by older, I mean like 20s and up. Shoujo also has a an equivalent similar to that called jose. Uh, look forward to our jose podcast. It's going to be even more bare bones. Yo, honestly, <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly... Honestly, I had oh. never heard of Jose until you brought this up. So I learned something. Jose's a JoJo reference. <laughs> that's the next it's, uh, that's the, the next, next JoJo. JoJo. Part 9, Jose. Jose Shoujo, aka Jojo. Oh. <laughs> We're giving Iraqi ideas. Um, oh man, Iraqi, hit us up. Oh, he is uh, also a good, good, uh, good example of female protagonist reverse of what we female protagonist not necessary shoujo. Oh yeah, part six, Jolene. Yeah, yeah. Jolene, um, Jolene, Jolene. If that song's not in part six, oh, or at least a remix, a you know. Yep, yep. Um, but so yeah, that is basically what shoujo is. Again, demographic aimed at younger females. Uh, 8 to 14 to probably 18. Just because a female is in it or is the lead, it's not going to be a shoujo series. And really, you're just going to see more of romance, uh, real grounded emotion, and some female empowerment. Some but big old this eyes, is too. Big old big eyes. Old, big old eyes. And, you know, let's get into a little bit of the history because there's an explanation for some of these big old eyes and uh, lankier or more angular art styles. And, and one thing I want to say before so, you get into that real quick, Wes is dude go ahead i feel as if there's like a misconception with sojo um like some people think because it's aimed at the demographic of young girls that it's actually just romance and all this other stuff there is still fantasy Mm -hmm. elements in the series Mm -hmm. and and we can talk about this later on because there's a couple series i've seen that are shoujo series uh flower of escaflone and Psychic Detective Yakumo that I didn't even know were shoujo series upon first watching them. Because in more modern times, you see what, like, settings or aspects that are typically more closely associated with shonen, in this case, mech, um, supernatural stuff, in the case of Escaflone and Yakumo, starting to bleed more into shoujo, or I guess 90s bleeding into shoujo. But yeah, good point. Just because something is shoujo does not mean that oh i'm a i'm a big strong 14 year old boy i can't watch a shoujo series no 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 watch what you want to watch watch what seems good right oh yeah but a little bit of history this is this is again we we are learning along with you um so shoujo similar to how shonen had uh shonen sekai start in the kind of late 1800s to early 1900s 
uh, Shoujo had Shoujo Kai in 1902 that eventually was succeeded by Shoujo Sekai in 1906 and then Shoujo no Tomo in 1908. So the, the magazines, at least for manga, do go way back to around when you started seeing popular shonen publications coming out. But unlike these shonen publications that did have uh, manga focus despite being more grounded in the realities of the era like war um, historic heroism you get mostly just written comics I mean just written stories rather than comics in these uh, shoujo magazines that initially came out you don't even really get I, I didn't mention the shonen series but the shonen magazines of early days had pack-ins like baseball cards and stuff you don't even really get that in these shoujo magazines uh, it's not until later on where series more recently or magazines more recently in the, the mid-1900s like uh, Ribbon and Chow and for a short-lived time in the U.S. I don't know if you guys remember seeing Shoujo Beat on the shelves next to Shonen Jump, but that was Viz's attempt to try to get into the serialized Shonen game. Uh, mm. It's not until you see those magazines come <clears throat> out that you start seeing... Um, kind of syndicated shoujo manga right hmm. so again pre and post world war ii shoujo quote unquote manga the most you were gonna really get for a little bit were funny comic strips and uh demetrius referenced it he alluded to it earlier there's a big art style separation so what was what was that again what was what was big, a big anime eyes. difference big old eyes pointing big. his chin Big eyes, pointy ass chin. Like seventy seventy percent. Seventy percent of their face is eyes. So those eyes are gonna look into your soul and Yeah, they're, it's more they're angular gonna... in style in general, I, I think. Mm hmm Yep. It's just gonna yeah, hold that you. Detailed hair. Yeah, the On hair. that hair subject, before I continue, Saeed, what what was that little factoid you said about Shonen before? About the hair? About the silhouette? Oh, tones? right, right. Whenever these shonen mangaka start their series, a general rule they follow is uh, to to draw a character in such a way that when you draw them in silhouette form, they're distinguishable amongst the very the various different characters that there are already out there. So that's a general mm -hmm. rule that they go by. And I learned this and through Gintama. Highly recommended. Uh, that's very that's good. shonen. That's shonen. We're we're here in shonen, shoujo. Shonen. You know, get us right. That, bring us back yeah, in a little that's bit. That's some shonen, but but bring it back to shojo. A lot of what you are going to see in shojo, you're not going to be able to super distinguish um, a character silhouette from another character silhouette because again, it's more um, realistic romantic relations. Not realistic, but it tries to not be as fantastical or out there in design. It's more uh, more of a grounded feel and part of what led to this art style um early on there was an artist by the name of junichi nakahara that was very big in the shoujo manga scene and getting it started and his prior um i guess occupation was that he was a doll designer so he just brought what he knew from dolls kind of the lankier proportions the more angular faces and styles the bigger eyes stuff that would uh, appeal to a younger female audience with a toy uh, to his shoujo series. So notice how I said his because, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, again, that Surprise. was Junichi Nakahara kind of getting, getting that 
But moving on from these funny comic strip type of deals, the first big shoujo series um, that really brought it to the forefront of manga, not just comic strips and stories, was a series called Princess Knight. It was fantasy-oriented about this princess that was born with some sort of crystal heart and she had to go on this adventure or something like that. But the artist and the author of this was someone by the name of Osamu Tezuka. And Saeed, what did our friend Osamu write as we referenced in our Shonen series? What was what was he called affectionately? He is the godfather of manga. Mm-hmm. He is so like not the, only the pinnacle in most most mangaka today's eyes of the guy who really changed the game. He's the one who wrote mm-hmm. Astro Boy, right? Right, yep. right. Astro Boy, and Kimbo, Dororo. Kimbo. Shout out to the people who know the origins of Lion King, aka Kimbo. But yeah, hashtag yeah. Kimbo came first. Kimba came first. Kimba Disney came first, gives baby. Disney pay the Tezuka estate, please. Yep. <laughs> the mouse. The mouse hungers. The mouse must feed. Um. But yeah. So, Tezuka here, our friend Osamu Tezuka, who may come up later as we do more research in different demographics and genres. Not only did he really help kickstart some of the shonen genre, he really helped kickstart some of the shojo series, and his fantastical designs and stories and art um up until nakahara really started to cut out his own path that people started to emulate in shoujo manga uh tezuka's work made it kind of harder for shoujo series to live up to that standard and it made it almost because of how sex successful he was as a male in this industry it's already tough for women to break into it. We alluded that before in the Shonen series or our Shonen podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it harder for women to break into the manga scene initially as well. Especially so keep in mind actually, that the time period this took place in, like the yep. what nineteen what early nineteen hundreds, yeah, early to mid nineteen hundreds. So it was it was already very hard to get this uh, started for women in their own demographic so what it normally ended up being was an author that wanted to get into the shonen industry would begin by writing shoujo stories so shonen authors would kind of i don't want to say intern but they'd start not so much at the bottom because it's it's not the bottom it's not an inferior product but at the time it wasn't as popular so they'd start in shoujo and use that to break through into the industry to get to their desired shonen land. Mm. But then, you because again, you have all these shonen authors kind of writing shoujo series. It's not really its own. I, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of really good series out there, but it's not until kind of the, the mid-1900s um, to later 1900s where and again i'm sure they're really good series we're not shoujo pros here but the the rise of western tv really inspired the rise of the rom-com in the shoujo demographic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um this rise of the rom-com started cutting its own path for shoujo that's where you really start to see 
those aspects of shoujo manga and modern shoujo manga arise and then in 1964 the olympics were in japan that just let them latch on to the sports aspect and now you have shoujo sports series that are incorporating these rom-com series and all that and they're going even further beyond that's a that's a phrase that we've said again again my my anime academia (laughs) even further beyond Mm -hmm. (laughs) um even further beyond into the 1970s you get now with these different genres that are typically shonen demographics starting to bleed into the shoujo demographic women breaking in writing their own stories paving their own way you see the magical girls start to rise we're talking sailor moon you get stuff like revolutionary girl utena or utena however you want to pronounce it um a bunch of different genres starting to fall under the shoujo um the shoujo umbrella as the artists really start to come into the genre Mm -hmm. or the demographic with their own genres in their own time Uh, it's not um it's i don't want to say it's not a male dominated uh, industry anymore at this point because i don't have the numbers but you do see from my research more and more female artists being able to write stories for other females and draw stories for other females right like it's that's that shoujo history it's slowly getting to be more inclusive of the people that actually might have lived it or can understand the demographics feelings a little better. Mm-hmm. And, yep. And that's how we get these popular shoujo series. Again, princess Knight was the first big one, but you have various magical girl series, like the whole pretty cure franchise, sailor moon, uh, card captor Sakura. Is it safe to say which... sailor moon's the most famous shoujo? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that was on... Was that the only shoujo series on Toonami? I believe so. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Still never Alongside watched the it. Dragon Balls, the Dragon Balls and the Gundams, bro. I What's mean... What's that one... Um, that one week song where um, Sailor Moon... Got, or what, God, what's the lyric? Got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's been one week since you looked at me. That one. There's a Sailor Moon. There's a Sailor Moon line in that song. Mm. I'm blanking right now. But the only show I just noticed I watched was probably Powerpuff Girls. Yo, I was gonna. I was gonna say something like that. I was <laughs> like, I really wonder if the rise of Sailor Moon and some of these shoujo actually influenced the Powerpuff Girls. I wouldn't doubt it. Yo, shows like Powerpuff you know Girls Powerpuff and Totally Girl. Spies and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Powerpuff Girls anime. Straight up. No, I didn't know that. Straight up. Straight up, Google it right now. It's called Powerpuff Girls Z. Interesting. Well, yep. There you go, listeners. You have something. Uh, but that's to look a good up. point. That's a good point. How the East influenced the West potentially. Stuff like Sailor Moon probably influenced a lot of Western cartoonists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone definitely influenced uh, Dexter's Lab. Yep. Yo. Just <laughs> 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 Dog, but no, it's it's actually now that you bring that up, it's interesting because you do have the West influencing kind of the rise of the rom com and the romantic aspects of shoujo and Osama Tezuka in have... general. Osamu Tezuka in general. <laughs> oh, he said, <laughs> he it. said it. He said it. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> His whole... I'm sorry, I got a cousin named that. <laughs> but um, in ge- <laughs> in general, um, I was gonna say Tezuka was influenced heavily by Walt Disney himself. So if you mm-hmm. see the earlier styles of Tezuka's art. It's very Disney influenced. Yep. And then you have 
like you just mentioned then the east kind of coming back to influence right right uh, once the, the west once the east has got their own identity you could see it go back to the west shows like avatar even steven universe totally has story er- elements directly said by the creator that comes from anime and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah most definitely so um just to name a few popular shoujo series bring it back to shoujo I, I mentioned Princess Knight, the Pretty Cure franchise, Sailor Moon, Cardcaptor, Sakura. There's some genre blending. Vision of Escaflone. I said Flower of Escaflone. I don't know why I said that. Maybe that's a movie. Uh, Vision of Escaflone has mech elements in it. Different um, shoujo sports anime and manga, of course, bringing in those. And then some names you might know. Oran High School Host Club. Yep. God, I feel like I feel like back in the day, whenever I opened Hulu to watch anime... That was like front page. Maybe even still today. When Funimation <laughs> had a channel. When Funimation had a channel. Um, shout out to my mom. She loved loves anime. Yeah, they had a channel. And uh, I want to mm-hmm. say like the 2007 to 2011-ish range. They had a channel. And like I said, shout out to my mom. Because she loves anime and games and all this stuff. And she happened to find it and watched... Uh, the Oran High School Host Club, and it's not a bad show. It's pretty funny, mm-hmm. actually. It just has a lot of shoujo elements in it. A lot of big eyes. A lot of uh, it's like the opposite of the shonen kind of harem trope. It's like guys fighting over girls, or guys. Uh, I don't know how to Those say it. Kind of being like sexualized, so a little, little, little yaoi vibes. Not gonna lie, but Ooh. they're there. I mean, I mean, it happens in the shonen trope all the time. It does. Yeah, the sexualization of women in shonen. Yeah, that happens a lot. Look at fairy tale. Gosh, fairy oh. tale. Fire OST. But um, so Oran High School Host Club, Skip Beat, never seen it. I recognize the name. That's why I put it on this list of popular ones. Revolutionary Girl Utena, Utena. I've heard it pronounced every possible way. And then the big one, Demetrius, the apple of Demetrius's eye, Fruit Basket. Yo. Fruits Basket. Oh, I see what you did there. Apple of my eye. Okay. Yeah, Fruits Basket. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Fruits Basket is great. Fruits Basket. I read all of the manga. Uh, so it is uh. It's a good story overall. A lot of fantastical elements, good characters, and I've seen a new anime, and, and it, yeah, seen, and it's got a new, it's got a new anime. So you should watch that. I, I've seen absolutely no shojo ever in my life. I don't think I've, I've seen one episode of any shojo at all, to my knowledge. We're gonna, we're gonna, trash. we're gonna have to get you cultured. So people, if you yeah. know some good shojo, you know, let's let's definitely write those down, drop, drop it in the comments. Let us know, and we'll Sailor talk about Moon's it. Probably the big one that people are gonna say. Yeah, Sailor Moon Crystal, the remake. I heard wasn't bad. Um, I've seen a couple of Fruit Basket, and I think what I'm about to say will bleed into a discussion topic for some of us, and it kind of touches on what we were talking about earlier about stuff coming into the shoujo demographic that you might not expect. I watched this series called Psychic Detective Yakumo, and I enjoyed it. It's about this detective that has this one red eye that he can use to see ghosts and this high school girl that kind of tags along with him and ends up falling in love with them that type of thing whatever 
pretty good series. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't really talk to its quality. But doing research for this episode, that is, in fact, a shoujo series. Um, so I think that harkens back to towards the beginning of this episode when we were saying just because something is shoujo doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. And you might not even know that you're watching a shoujo series at mm-hmm. the time, right? Mm-hmm. So don't don't always judge it based off of the demographic that you got going on. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to anime, you know, but, don't knock it till you try it. Yep, yep. So, like we've been saying, we haven't really watched a lot of shoujo series or read a lot of shoujo. Again, comment below if you're listening to this. Backlog Bebop on Instagram, let us know. But a talking point that I kind of wanted to hit on before we end here now that you've gotten, you know what shoujo is, you know the shoujo history, and Demetrius and Saeed kind of talked about it uh, a couple minutes ago, is shoujo elements in shonen and shonen elements in shoujo, vice versa, that type of thing. Really, this trend that's coming up in shonen, or that's been around for a little bit, of the rom-com harem and shonen compared to probably something you'd see in a shoujo series. So does anyone have any thoughts on that uh well i would say you know the whole romantic piece that has been kind of showing up in shonen definitely has or at least to me i think it definitely came from the shoujo aspect because shoujo in order to cater towards younger girls who are more interested in kind of romance stories and that's not to say all of it that's you know, just a broad generalization. But in order to kind of make stories that are more character focused, they're going to talk about romance and feelings and emotions. And I think it's natural that some of those younger artists that started in uh, shoujo <laughs> would eventually bring some of those elements to Shonen. And I think it, I think it shows. And I think it's for the better. Right. It's interesting to- it's interesting to see how it's kind of changed, though, because before we talk, before we record all these episodes, and before this, we kind of spoke about, we were talking to each other about uh, the difference in portrayal of some of these romance things, despite you can kind of see the origin of it. But I think, Demetrius, it was you that was like, oh, in a shonen series, a guy will, like, come out of nowhere and save the girl, and now all of a sudden she's in love with him. And it's not to say, like, I know there's the shoujo trope that, like, girl is late to school with a piece of bread in her mouth and runs into a hot guy and she's suddenly in love. Yo, that happens all the time. But, <laughs> it, it, oh man, it happens so much. But, now that I um, think about it, I think I've d- have seen shoujo's and they're just called Korean dramas. That's what shoujo sounded like, bro. <laughs> so I kind of get it. Kind of get the but, addiction um, of it, yeah. Just the, just the, um, the portrayals, I would say, are a bit different probably be again this goes back to the demographic i mean let's just get it out there men and the shoujo or the shonen genre there's a lot of there's a lot of fan service and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Um, but but and from my i, I will i will not call ahead. this i will not call it a shoujo but there are even popular shonen series they get a lot of attention from the female audience because they're catering towards the opposite side of that fan service. Right. They're, they're like they're giving you fan service of guys like uh, Free. Everyone remembers Free. Oh, I remember Iwatobi Free. Swim Club, baby. Let's go. Like that was that is the opposite side, and I think it's kind of 
-hmm. it's kind of humbling to think about it because, you know, a little fan service is, you know, it's tolerable, but when it gets like overboard, but then you see it like on the other foot, it's kind of like, all right, well, maybe this as a whole needs to be looked at. Um, Yo, thinking, thinking about it, you brought up free, um, us as convention goers, there are a lot of, and again, this is more of the shonen thing, but that's what we got to fall back to because we don't have as much shoujo experience. Uh, a lot of the sports series in general, there's a lot of shipping going on between mm-hmm. the the guys in it. In free, in um, the Yoamushi pedal, in Kuroko no basket, Haikyuu, um, Haikyuu, definitely oh, Haikyuu. Uh, just the shipping community is a whole other aspect that maybe isn't directly a part of shoujo, but could in fact be inherently related to it. A reason for that might that, be because sports series in general, shonen wise, they're all, like shoujo. They're more focused on character interaction, I guess, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, th- I think that's fair. That element of yeah, shoujo, like I feel like, could be. It is a positive uh, going into shonen, like the character, the emotional stuff going into these stories about these boys and whatnot. Very yeah, because yeah, just some, just and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Demetrius, because I've only seen a few episodes of the newest Fruits Basket, but I feel like a lot of the, like the appeal of Fruits Basket outside of the characters and stuff, and maybe not a lot of the appeal, but part of the appeal at least is. Because what there are a lot of guys and there's one girl, right? So there are a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so for her to potentially go in, mm-hmm. uh, a, a big part of the appeal to it, and to that extent, other shonen series is like the drama of either which guy will she pick or who will this romance work out in the end, right? Uh, it's kind of a kind of a grounded. Uh, I mean, I know there's other there's other st- story elements to Fruits Basket. But a lot of it, too, is that kind of romance, pairing, drama, sus- different type of suspense. Like, when will they get together? Who are they going to get together with? That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it is. That is definitely a big part of it. That is definitely a big part of it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I was reading it, I was like, yo, who's she going to pick? Because honestly, I mean, one of these people is better than the other, at least for her. Mm-hmm. And in Shonen... Um, a big draw is like that cliffhanger from a really good battle scene or waiting to see the character's new technique. Right? That's true. Right. Uh, in, especially in battle series. So in shoujo, like, again, the demographic is more at young female teens, but maybe if you're looking for more of, like Saeed brought up, that Korean drama, like just television drama, interpersonal relationship stuff you should give shoujo series a try and i mean maybe we should all just try to give more shoujo series a try. Yo, let me tell you let me tell you shoujo definitely still have conflict they definitely still have conflict especially in um especially in fruits basket there's some stuff like it it gets you in you know with the cutesy attitude and all that stuff but then you know there's definitely like a darker side to, to fruits basket like human to human conflict like yeah, like human conflict. Psychological sense in a way. Uh, psychological, uh, emotional. Almost like emo- yeah, parts, yeah, parts almost of parts of parts of Fruits Basket were like straight up, uh, you know, a, 
no, I wouldn't say abusive, but like some of their past are like, wow, whoa. Where Shonen might be, they exhibit that battle, I guess, in like a physical battle. Would you say Shoujo probably does it in like a more emotional, in your mind, uh, dialogue type of type of way, probably? Like a relatable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More realistic aspect. Uh, I would say it's more grounded. I I would say it's more grounded. But that's only in my very limited experience. Really throwing in that disclaimer again. But yeah, from what I've so, seen, it's more grounded. I would say grounded conflict, but it is definitely still conflict. Yeah, so, I mean, we we haven't really watched that much shoujo. Just from this conversation, if I can get some good recommendations, especially in these quarantine times, it might be the perfect <laughs> opportunity to catch up on some of these. So drop some of those. But, you know, give stuff a try. That's That's the lesson outside of what shoujo is some pertinent shoujos the history of shoujo like the lesson is simply give stuff a try step out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. uh with anime and manga because you never really know what you're about to find gender norms are a social construct so yes (laughs) give stuff a try you never know what you You never know you will never know you never know um fruits basket is great i'm saying it again so yeah uh-huh. I mean, it got a recent one. It got a recent series that a lot of people liked, so there's no reason to not check it out. I think it's going to get a second season, too. So they might actually I adapt the whole manga this time. Oh, did the first one not? No, it didn't. They stopped. Gosh. I mean, if you're going to put me on the spot, they might have stopped maybe four or five volumes in. And I think I think there's... Let me, let me, let me Google it real quick, but I think they're in like the mid-teens... Oh wow. oh wow! They didn't so adapt significant all of chunk. it. Like I think it should be around the full series would take probably around three seasons. Okay, I mean Slam Dunk didn't finish. Let's talk about let's talk about anime that didn't finish the the series. Mm. Slam, Slam Dunk, Dunk needs a remake, but that's a topic for another Dunk. podcast. <laughs> Animes that but, didn't need another fucking. Let's see. While we, yo, well, it's twenty three volumes. Fruits Basket has twenty three. Oh wow. That's almost as much as Kenshin. Kenshin, I think, is like 26, 27. Yeah, fruit. I'm telling you guys, Fruits Basket. Ooh, speaking mm. of Kenshin real quick. Speaking of Kenshin. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't. Kenshin triggered this in my mind. Nothing to do with the Kenshin author. Togashi from our Shonen series is married to. Oh, yeah. The Sailor Moon person. The Sailor, yeah, Sailor Moon Mangaka. Yeah. We should, we, should, we should show her some respect and look up her name. Yeah, let's get her name. Let's get her name. <laughs> We we apologize. We're not trash. <laughs> I just I just haven't read or watched Sailor Moon enough to know. Naoko song, though, is Takeuchi. Naoko Takeuchi. Okay, right. Yes. Naoko Takeuchi. Shout out. Slash Shout out to her, my girl. Yoshihiro. I guess she's a Togashi now. I don't know how Japanese things work. Excuse my ignorance. But look at that. Worlds worlds colliding. But anyways, thank you all for listening to this. Three friends attempt to work their way through the shoujo genre for the first time. Sumimasen. Uh, second or third time. If we made any mistakes. <laughs> we tried Sumimasen. our best. We apologize for we any bad generalizations, if any. This is where it's up to you guys. Educate to us, us, please. The, the we're open to it. We're not, we're not trash, I promise. Most of it was jokes. I'm sorry. 
if my jokes offended everybody, <laughs> don't cancel me. <laughs> Are you gonna put on your oh, Jimmy man, Fallon face? You. <laughs> 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 oh man, but thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Um the next episodes should be again we should have a really good one in Sainin. Oh yeah. And then another kind of bare bones one <laughs> oh, yeah. Jose. Oh yeah. So if you made it this far, just like with the last Shonen episode where I asked you all to comment about making it to the dark side of Shonen. Comment below with maybe some Jose stuff because I have, I think collectively, we have one Jose experience <laughs> amongst all three of us. And I think it's me and I didn't even finish the second season of it. So that's going to be bare bones. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our Shoujo episode. Uh, go back, listen to the Shonen episode. Look forward to our Seinen and Jose episodes. And then after that, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what short little little things we got going on. Thanks for listening. We're looking forward to being more consistent. Any other final thoughts from you guys? All nah. women are queens. All nah. women are queens. Nah. Actually, Saeed, I, I think there is I think there is a final thought uh, from you. Because oh, yeah. you know what to hit him with. To be continued. Bebop don't stop. Peace.